the DH. I really like Red uh, hi, and welcome to the inaugural podcast of Breasting Pitch Face. Um, I'm Kay. Go ahead. I'm Sydney. And I'm Laura. And uh, this is our first time doing this, so we're going to forgive us our mistakes, and anything that we do well, you know, praise us way excessively for <laughs> it. Uh, we're going to be talking about baseball today. We're kind of aiming for the niche market of female-run baseball podcasts. I think it's going to go well. Um, we're all Nats fans, so we're probably going to be pretty Nats focused, but we're going to try to cover baseball in general and uh, looking forward to talking to you about it. I mean, I think that that sort of covers it. Okay. Uh, we are going to be talking about baseball, not necessarily game recaps, but more season-long trends, things that we see, a little bit of stats analysis. Uh, a little bit of you know, news. Yeah. Yeah. A little um, bit of obsessing about Danny Espinoza. Yes. <laughs> and other people that we will cry about. It's fine. <laughs> There's going to be crying. It's okay. Um, I think we're going to start, first of all, with how we all three got into some baseball. Because um, we've all, I'm guessing, lifelong fans pretty much. Pretty close. So who wants to tell their story first? I've got the, embar the most embarrassing story, so I will not start with that one. <laughs> I can go first. Go ahead. So I've been a lifelong baseball fan, but not continuously, because I actually started out life as a Yankees fan in Massachusetts, which was an interesting experience. My family is from New York, and so I was indoctrinated early as a Yankees fan, and then discovered fairly quickly in elementary school that that got me beat up a lot. So <laughs> it's a, it's I was, a miracle you're still alive. It really is. I was, you know, Andy Pettit's biggest tiny, tiny fan until about age eight or nine when I got really sick of getting shoved into trees and having my hat thrown in the dirt and I decided at that time that I hated baseball and wanted nothing to do with it which was of course a huge lie as anyone who watched me bawling over a league of their own would know immediately um, but I kept up that facade until I ended up in DC for college and got dragged to a Nats game kicking and screaming and discovered as soon as I got there that Actually, I have always loved baseball, and in the face of how adorable the Nats are and how, at that point anyway, no one hated them, the appeal of baseball was definitely back, and the rest is history. Okay. Um, so do you want to go, or should I? Um, I can go, and then we can finish it off with, with Kay's embarrassment corner. Um, <laughs> so I, I wouldn't say I've been a lifelong baseball fan, uh, simply because I grew up in the D.C. area, and we haven't had baseball for, for particularly long. Um, I did go to a lot of Orioles games uh, when I was little. I, you know, the number one thing I remember was, you know, everyone loving Cal Ripken. I mean, Cal Ripken would could be governor of Maryland tomorrow if Cal Ripken wanted to be governor of Maryland. Like, the only person equivalent to Cal Ripken in Maryland is maybe Mr. Rogers in Pittsburgh. Like... Um, if if we could canonize him and make him a saint, I know he's not dead, but still, um, we would down here. Uh, so I remember watching him hit the second Grand Slam of his career, which was amazing. Um, but then, you know, it was kind of whenever we could get up to Baltimore, which wasn't particularly often. Uh, you know, went to college. I uh, went to college and watched a lot of uh, Pirates games during the the below 500 drought, so that doesn't really make anyone a baseball fan so much as a fan of drinking by the river. Um, and then I got back to 
uh, the area when the Nats came to town and remembered watching them that in that horrible, horrible stadium at RFK. And if you can love something that happens at RFK Stadium, you can love anything. Um, and, you know, was a casual baseball fan for years and years just because, you know, they didn't give us a lot to cheer for, honestly. Um, and then in the last, I would say, five, six years, that love has picked up as, you know, they've given us more stuff to actually get enthusiastic about. Um, so didn't get beat up particularly, but kind of came into it uh, when I was, mostly when I was an adult. Okay, well, so my embarrassing story starts with me spending the first 11 years of my life outside of Philadelphia. And I'm sure everybody knows where this is going. I was a Phillies fan as a child, and I'm very sorry. I'm recovering. I'm in recovery. But my friend's dad was a, uh, a sports journalist, and so he would always take us to games. And when you're seven years old and you're eating ice cream out of a baseball helmet and the Philly fanatic comes and, like, hangs out with you, you kind of love the Phillies a lot. And then I moved to Boston and became a Red Sox fan. So I'm like, I'm kind of tracking really badly right now. Um, but then when I graduated college, I moved down to D.C. And it was the same year that the Nats got here. And I always loved National League ball better than American League ball. BH sucks. Um, and so it would seem like a really natural fit for me to move right straight into the Nationals and go to see games at RFK, and I agree completely that if you can love someone playing at RFK, you, you gotta love them. And I was a fan through the pits of the Nats, because you love them win or lose. This is, and usually it was lose, and then they started kind of doing well, and it was really surprising, and we didn't know how to feel about it, but... That went from going to games a couple of times a year to going to games constantly every season and now going to more games than I actually have time for. But I think the Nets are it for me, and that's are I'm done. That's 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 my team now forever. So all right. So I'm gonna start beef with another baseball podcast while we're here. Oh dear. Um, because uh, I, I don't know if you guys listen to Effectively Wild, which is the the baseball prospectus podcast, but mm -hmm. they were talking and they were like, "Man, I, we just of course you would have a DH American League over National League all the way." And I'm like, "No, no, no." So we're gonna officially start beef with them based on you know obviously NL over AL any day and twice on Sundays. Uh huh. Obviously. Uh, so, you know, Sam and the other guy whose name I'm momentarily forgetting, we're beefing with you. <laughs> we can take you. <laughs> I got two bass bats on my wall right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, we're all very staunchly anti-DH around here. So if you like the DH, you know, you're not unwelcome, but we're probably not going to listen to you that hard. <laughs> um. All right, so I guess that's our intro. That's a little bit about us and where we're coming from. And we got a little bit of a social media plug that we're going to do that is empty at the moment, but it will not be for long. So, Laura, you take it away. Yep, so I'll be getting those social media accounts live just as soon as possible. So look for that. We're on Tumblr at restingpitchfacepodcast.tumblr.com. And then on Twitter, we are... Rest in pitch face without the G in resting, sadly, because Twitter's character limit is the worst. But if you are looking for us on Twitter, we are at rest in pitch face. So we'll get some good content up there soon, hopefully, and we're looking forward to sharing that with you. 
Okay. Now we are going to go to, we've got a couple of segments that we kind of planned out. We're going to try to stick to that plan for as long as we can. So our first one that we're going to talk about, I guess, is Play as Players We Love This Week. Yep, so we each have a play or a player this week that we particularly love. And that'll change every week, although some of us are more partial to certain players than others, so we'll have to try not to be too biased. <laughs> so speaking of biased, Kay? <laughs> well, I'm going to start the what will, I'm sure, become a tradition of uh, Danny Espinosa Defense Squad. Uh, <laughs> I love Danny Espinosa. I'm not ashamed of that. And everyone's talking about how he's not really hitting right now, but all I see is him hitting game-saving bombs. So um, that's, that's my player this week, that... Danny Espinoza and his game-saving bombs. Game-saving taters. Well, I don't know what's not to love about Danny Espinoza's home runs, so I'm with you there. Yeah. But my player of the week is actually one of the big stories of the week, which is Trey Turner's call-up with Zim heading on the paternity list. And it's been interesting the way they've handled him, how he only started one of the three games so far. And given how well he hit in that first game, it's been a little bit of a surprise, I think, to a lot of people that they haven't started him the whole time he's been up, but I think it'll be good for him to get a little bit of different experience at the big league level. He got one start, he got a real nice double there, a real nice single, but now he's going to do a little more pinch hitting, pinch running, and I'm actually not as angry about that as <laughs> some of baseball Twitter seems to be, because I think whatever he's doing at this level, he's going to be soaking it up, he's going to be learning from being a pinch hitter, from being a pinch runner, as well as from being a starter, and I'm really excited to see what else we're going to see from him this season, whether it's this weekend or the next time we see him. So, do we, Trey Turner, all the way. Do we think he's staying, or do you think when Zim comes back, he's going uh, back down? I think he's going back down, honestly. I think so, too. Um, uh, I think this is just a momentary, but... See, I think uh, I think his contract is su such that they're getting to the point where they can call him up for a while and not basically burn a year of eligibility. Yeah, yeah he's, he, he's past that. That was the beginning yeah. of June, I think. Right? Yes, yeah. we're definitely past that date. So I, you know, I don't know. I think the the issue in calling him up because he's playing, he was playing it short, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, no, he was playing it. Yeah. No. Yeah. At Triple yeah. A, he was playing it short. Yeah. yeah. So um, I think the issue is, you know, and we'll talk about it later. You know, you need someone who's a pretty good defensive shortstop when you yes. have a second baseman who's a sieve. Yes. And so yeah. you know, I, I can understand the hesitance of putting a green shortstop in. You know, obviously mm -hmm. SB and I know where the Danny Espinosa defense squad. You know, his his hitting is, other than mashing some taters, has not been fantastic. Not been fantastic, but where he's there for defense. And, yeah. And that's what he's doing extremely well. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think it's just, it's a question of, like, the, the defense is there, and then also, right now, I mean, we're not going to play him every day, and so it doesn't, I, I mean, I hope that we don't keep him up right now if we're not going to play him every day, because that's just mm -hmm. going to damage him as a player. So, um, and yes, it would be nice to make, be sure of his defense. Not that he's, an, he's not bad, you know, mm -hmm. it's just, let's test it. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, and I think, well, I mean, I, I think even if they do keep him up, if he's hitting off the bench, he's going to be hitting more than he would have been, say, last season off the bench for the Nats. Like, it mm -hmm. seems like Very they're actually, actually dedicated to getting um, the, the guys on the bench playing time, whereas before it's like, oh, Tyler Moore, you're still here. <laughs> Good to how long did it take everybody to notice he was gone, honestly, given how little we saw of him when he was actually around? I've had I've, friends who it took until June for them to realize that he wasn't with us anymore. Well, I was following it, and I so I saw the notification the second he was 
released. Right, um, but for so, those of us who are not quite yeah. so on top of the Tyler Moore news, <laughs> there were definitely yeah. some people out there who just straight up didn't notice because well, yeah. so he just didn't. Pl- I mean, he just didn't play, and that's that's a fault of previous management, right? Um, as much as anything else. So I actually don't know where he is right now. Oh, right, he's in the the Barves minor league system, I think. Yeah, yeah. I think my sister might have called me fake crying about it, so I remember, because she was, you know, the Tyler Moore defense squad, mostly the Tyler Moore uh, visual appreciation squad. Yes. Um, Though he would occasionally uh, hit a home run, because, like, he couldn't hit, but he could hit for power. Well, Uh, he he could hit perfectly well when he was getting regular A-Bs, and then he just literally never got regular A-Bs. So... That's the pro- that's why we shouldn't probably be keeping Trey Turner up unless he's going to get regular ABs. Yeah, um, yes, let's not turn our best prospect into Tyler Moore. Not that I don't like <laughs> Tyler Moore, but at the same time, let's not do that. Yeah, or turn him into, well, someone we'll be talking about later, turn him into Steve Lombardozzi. Uh, Columbia, Maryland native Steve oh, Lombardozzi. That was my rule, and I screwed it up. <laughs> Columbia, Maryland Honestly, native Steve Lombardozzi. Put a dollar in the Steve Lombardozzi jar. So yeah, we can I will put a dollar Lombardozzi. in the Steve Lombardozzi jar. The Columbia, Maryland native Steve Lombardozzi jar. I'm going to make it. I'm going to make it. I'm going to put a dollar in it. Uh, well, he might need that dollar. So. <laughs> well, this is, we're getting ahead of ourselves. You haven't gotten to talk about who you yeah. love this week, so you go ahead. So this week I love, and every week I love, a left-handed reliever. So, I mean, they are, I think Laura called them a gateway drug. They are a gateway drug. Mm -hmm. Um, And my favorite little Nats thing this week was, um, I think it was on the 31st of May, um, he did a... uh, Felipe Rivero did a cute shuffle slide after striking somebody out. Oh, cute. Um, he has been great to watch, like, okay, so once or twice he has, like, a rough outing, but at the same time, and I'll be talking about this later, you know, for an organization that basically has been hot garbage when it comes to getting and retaining good lefty relievers, (laughs) he and, um, Oliver Perez, right? Perez, Perez, I believe, because of the accent. Because of the accent, have just been so much fun to watch. Like I stop um, having to breathe into a paper bag uh, when they come out. Um, mm-hmm. Unlike certain Blake Trinans, who I can talk about, <laughs> who can um, shall remain nameless. Yes, who shall <laughs> remain nameless. Um, but like he has been an absolute joy to watch. And and you know I know we're we're on team make baseball fun again for whatever. But they're fun. Like they really fun. are. They're fun guys to watch. Um, so Felipe Rivero is my my lefty reliever of the week. I'm sure Oliver Perez will be my lefty reliever of next week, especially if he gets another AB because that was the best. Oh my yes. And uh, let's let's put an extra point in his column. He always wears the high socks. True. Oliver every Perez. player always gets. Every player who regularly wears high socks gets an extra point in the column. Very true. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, so they have been the lefty relievers that Gotham both needs and deserves. Yes. Um, and I have appreciated watching both of them this year. So uh, yes, joy, joy for lefty relievers. And they're not. None of them are being used as loogies, which is amazing. Oh, yeah. No, they've they've been really good. Yeah. All right. Um, well, that segues nicely into a what former Nats players. Do we want to get back? What trades would we undo? And you were going to take it away with that one. And another lefty reliever. Yeah, so um, 
I proposed this question as our topic. Um, so basically, like, who do we want to, to fire? Who do we want to fire into the sun? Um, <laughs> who do we want to get back? Um, you know, who do we roll up to with with the van and the sack and put them in and bring them back? We know who you're going to say, Kay. <laughs> I'm, uh, not, I'm not bringing that up today. It's fine. <laughs> That's a lie. That's a lie. We all know it. <laughs> I've made it this far. I've made it this far. So. All right. Um, but so I asked that in terms of trade, and then of course my answer is not trade. Um, so as I said, like lefty relievers have just historically been a problem for the organization. Um, Remember what 2013? No lefties in the pen starting the oh, season. That oh. was that was a wonderful decision that we made there. I forgot yeah, about well, that. We had such luminaries as Zach Duke. Oh, that, that, that was our that was our last minute. Yeah, that was our yeah. last minute guy. Um, which was a band-aid on a broken everything. <laughs> um, oh God. And so my my sort of pick for what we could undo would be we should have kept Tom Gorzolani. Um, so Gorzo was part of the legendary, and I put that in quotes, Nats 2012 bullpen. I actually heard a little kid at a baseball game describe them as legendary, and that made my heart warm. They were, they were legendary. Um, and Gorzo was like an integral part of it. Uh, he walked on free agency and went to Milwaukee, um, but he got paid less in Milwaukee than he did as a Nat. So it became one of those things where we probably could have kept him for like $5 in a bag of balls, by which I mean $3 million, but whatever. Yeah. Well, um, currency is a totally different... You just have to put that away. Like, $3 million is a pack of chewing gum. Yeah. Um, and Tom Gorzolani <laughs> is not a pack of chewing gum. No. Um, and so we, we started the year, as you said, with no lefty relievers in the bullpen. Um, and then we got we, we got Zach Duke, who uh, his ERA and FIP, um, so fielding independent pitching, were a mess. Um, Ian Kroll, who is currently with the the Braves, so I guess we can pour one out for him, um, <laughs> yeah. even though he was a homophobic jerk, but whatever. Maybe not. Um, yeah, I'm going to put that back in the bottle. Um, <laughs> and then uh, John Lannon was also in the pen, um, and he had been there 2012 as well. Um, yeah. He's currently with the Mets, and his ERA looks like a football score. Like It's, it's like 13. <laughs> um, it's and, and even with FIP, it's like... 13. It yeah. is ungood. Um, Sean Burnett, who was there, who was pretty steady, but he's now in the minors, I think, in Oklahoma. I don't even know what organization he's with. Um, and that was so, like, he turned down our minor league deal. You'd think he would have stayed here. Oh, well. Is he related to any of the other Burnetts that we've had on and off? I, don't I thought we only had Sean Burnett. I think so. Yeah, okay. it is just Sean Burnett, and we just had him, because he came back this year for spring training, on a minor league deal, and then when we didn't put him in the, in the starting, you know, in the, uh, on the 25 man, he was like, I'm going to walk. See ya. And then apparently wound up in Oklahoma. So yeah. That's definitely an upgrade there. Good, good thinking there, Sean Burnett. Um, <laughs> so, you know, if we could have kept Gorzo for, as you said, a pack of gum, I mean, 2013 was rough for a variety of reasons, but <laughs> lefties in the bullpen was actually really one of them. That was the um, most aggravating... I screamed for a solid month with that. It was so bad. All right. Um, so yeah, that's that's if I could undo history, if I got a time machine, if I got a DeLorean, that's what I would fix. So, um, what did you guys come up with for for this question? I'm pretty much down with you on the on the the Gorzo, at least for the time being. Like that was a ridiculous that was ridiculous letting every single lefty walk. And Gorzo was a, not just a lefty, he was a long-inning lefty. Like, he was 
He was left-handed Craig Stammen, basically. Oh, there's one. Why the hell did we let Craig Stammen go? Can anyone tell me? Anybody at all, please? Somebody explain this to me, because I don't know. Everyone was intimidated by his handsomeness. I guess. Only picture <laughs> I've ever seen that didn't have pitch face. Not once. Wow. Um, I never yeah. noticed that. I'll show you some pictures sometime. It's shocking. Um, but yeah, no, I'm I'm kind of I'm on board with you with this Corzo for the the moment. You know, I'll see if my other I'll see some other feelings for, you know, every single other podcast when I start to cry. Um, but no, I, I I all the lefties, all the lefties. I would bring back all the lefties. Everyone. Every one of them. Every even, single lefty. No. Even I, Zach Duke. Okay, no. <laughs> Sorry, Zach Duke. Uh, that was just not a good thing that happened there. Uh, yeah, no, I, I'm I'm on board with that. Fair uh, enough. Laura, any anybody? Um, not so much a trade, but as long as we're talking time machines, I would do something. I'm not sure what about Tanner Rourke's 2015. Oh, yeah. So, Agreed. On the topic of bullpen also. And I'm not sure where all the puzzle pieces would go. Because obviously, you all know my loyalty to Max is unparalleled. So it's not like I would resent him for bumping Tanner. But there's definitely got to be a better solution than what we ultimately went with, which was just bouncing Roark around to the point where he just couldn't find consistency anywhere. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't that he wasn't a starter that was the problem. Is that if he was going to be a reliever, let him just be a reliever. Right. That's, that was the problem, and uh, yeah, and that did not work out. I mean, look at how well he's been doing since he's just had a little consistency this season. It's been great. I know, I love it. It warms my heart. Did you guys see when Dusty Baker hugged him after yes. his, like, I think it was one of his first starts, and Tanner Roark's face was like, why are you squeezing me with your body? <laughs> what's, what's happening here? I don't, are, are you trying to eat me? What's going on? That was great. Oh. But you yeah, know what? Tanner Rourke should be hugged more. I strongly believe that. Everybody should be hugged more. Well, yeah, but, but especially him. Yeah. Especially pitchers in high socks. Yes. Well, yeah. Yes. Like, I assume that that's how they, you know, sort of recharge their, their mental energies. They get, they get good hugs, and he, yeah. was, he was not hugged enough last year was the issue. They also basically made to go out and eat, eat up garbage. Just screwed over constantly. Well, clearly we should have just sent Hugla out to the bullpen more often to, to provide some we, extra hugs. Let's bring back Dan Hugla, and he's not a player. He is just the team's designated Hugla. Well, if we have well, a director of mental conditioning, I'm sure we can find a position for Hugla. Do we have a director of mental conditioning? We do. He spends a lot of time calming Geo down. And uh, yes. the fact that his title is director of mental conditioning <laughs> and something slightly more normal. Yeah, let's, yeah, let's, let's, let's hire the Hugla back. He can be the bullpen hugger because Dusty clearly has that covered in the dugout. Yes. Yeah. We'll get our designated people to contact hugger. his people. We can get this. Yeah. The only DH that we accept here, designated hugger. Exactly. <laughs> designated hugger over designated hitter every day every of the day. week. That's the and... subtitle of the podcast, designated <laughs> hugger over designated hitter. Yeah. I like it. All right, so I think that, that wraps it up for the If You Could Turn Back Time segment. I think that's probably, we should go with that. If Yeah, I'm not yeah. bringing a share clip, but like I'll play it in my head. I, I feel like share would probably come after us for that. Yes. <laughs> I don't want to be Like, it'd be a series of tweets where every word is capitalized. I don't know how she does that, but it's amazing. <laughs> okay. Uh, 
All right, so yeah. I think we're going to transition from there into doing stat of the week. So yes. um, we, we all can, you know, add and use numbers and things like that, um, but sometimes baseball descends, I think, into, into some nerdery pretty fast, which is fine, you know. Yeah, nerd, baseball nerdery. Yeah. Um, but I think every week we want to sort of highlight a, a particular stat that we are feeling this week. Yeah. So I, I, I'm going with this one today because I had a conversation about it yesterday. I'm going to try to sum up some of the stuff about it. But um, righty versus lefty pitching. Or are batters facing righty versus lefty pitching? And obviously, you know, you got to adjust the t- statistics because it's a much smaller sample size. Um, against lefty pitchers, for because for whatever reason there are what it was it um, like five lefties on the entire NL East, I think, and three of them are on the Marlins. Um, so <laughs> and one is Geo, right? One is Geo, one is on the Mets, and then the other three are on the Marlins. So the Nats don't face a lot of lefty pitching, generally speaking, or at least certainly not lefty starting. So we have a much smaller sample size, but the splits on our batters between lefty and righty is really, really insane. Like, uh, batting average is, we've got an almost 30 point, or 35 point difference, lefty versus righty. On base percentage, we've got a 40 point difference. Slugging percentage, we've got nearly a 100 point difference, and OPS is over a 100 point difference between lefty and righty. And yes, it's a much smaller sample size, but that's ridiculous. What is going on with this? Does anybody have, like, thoughts? Why are we hitting lefties so much better? I mean, I think some of it could be could be sample size. Um, I mean, clearly, like, the Marlins are a good team this season. I want the Marlins to be a good team. The Marlins are part of hashtag make, make baseball fun again. Um, and, you know, <laughs> my feelings about Jose Fernandez notwithstanding, um, you know, I, I want them to to have success, not more than the, than the Nats, but like I want them to have success. Yeah, and I like I like them to be a nice division rival. I like yeah. them; they can be a good division rival. Yeah, um, but I think some of it might be might be that it could be just uh, they're practicing it more. Uh, maybe they're like, "Hey, Geo, you need pr- you need practice throwing to people." This uh, live batting practice. Yeah, so maybe there there's some of that training. Um, I how many? I mean, who who bats left on the Nats? A uh, bunch Dan of guys. does. Um, Egg does. I'm sorry, Clint Robinson does. Um, Bryce. Bryce does. I know there's more than that, and I, my brain is farting. Murphy, um, right? Yeah, Murphy does. Murphy. So that's he's probably a big part of that number, honestly. That actually that could be that could be a significant. Uh, significant thing. Let's see. Let's, so let me. I've got individual players. Uh, he has got 56 at bats against lefties, 146 against righties, and he is batting. Sorry, I got a lot of little lines. 357 against lefties and 339 against righties. So that's probably that's something that's probably bringing that up um, significantly. How does uh, Bryce do? Oh no, I'm sorry. Lefties? He's batting 397 against Rays. I was looking at the wrong line there. Oh. Um, so he's, he's actually batting better. Against, he's actually batting better against righties hmm. than lefties. Which he's a left-handed bat. That's why you want left-handed bats. Um, who were you saying? Sorry. Bryce. Well, I was going to say Bryce historically has struggled against lefties. Yes, he really has. So let's see. Against lefties, Bryce is batting. Oof, 233. Ooh. Ouch. Yeah. Of course, he's only batting 246 against righties. 
you know, the Cubs kind of slumped him for a long time. They got in his head and slumped him. Um, Designated hugger needed. Yes. Like well, he, he's kind of doing the job on his own, though. Every time I see a candid shot of him, he's like draped himself across a teammate like a sloth. So he misses Hugla. It's it's yeah. just true. You know, looking at him, that it's true. He misses Dan Hugla. He does. He does. Um, I was gonna say, who's hitting best against lefties? I mean, Danny hits left, but he can also hit right. Yeah, Danny. Danny hit, has always historically hit better yeah. against lefties than he has against righties. Because um, he gets just that right-handed, which he doesn't usually get to do. Um, so Danny is not necessarily a good benchmark of everyone. Let's see. Who's hitting really, really well against lefties? Um, ben Revere. Clint Robinson. Um, they're both over 400 against lefties. Interesting. Yeah. Not huge sample sizes, especially with Clint, though. Yeah. No, yeah, he's got, let's see, Ben. Uh, Clint has got... Five uh, ABs against lefties, so really small sample size there. Um, I wonder, as opposed to 44 against righties. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and how many of those were starting versus pinch, too? Like, my guess is he gets sent in as a pinch hitter <laughs> against a left-hander pretty frequently. Yeah, I would su- I would suspect that that's um, part of it. Yeah, I mean, because he's got what did I say? 40, 44 against righties. So most of that's going to be coming from actually starting. Oh, act, yeah. So I think all the left-handed are left-handed pinch hits. Um, yeah, I think that's the case. Well, and I think he, and you know, and this is getting into why Clint Robinson is such a, a, a good good egg. Um, <laughs> you know, he, he was sort of a really old rookie, right? Because it wasn't last year basically his rookie year. Yeah, 30-year-old yep, rookie. The real Cinderella story. <laughs> um, and so, you know, maybe it's he's better at hitting off the bench, period, because, like, he's, I don't want to be all, like, blah, 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 psychology, eye test, etc., but, like, if you're a 30-year, what, 30, 31-year-old rookie, like, yeah, sure, I'll play every position, sure, I'll hit off the bench, sure. Anything to get me in there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, you need a bullpen catcher? Great. Yeah. I'm 6'5", I, I can fold. He was <laughs> the first national position player to pitch. He was, before yep. Tyler Moore. Yep, he was the very first one. Good old egg. Uh, I wish we had more position players pitching. Well, I mean, that I mean one... long, insane games or blowouts, but whatever. Yeah. Everybody almost missed that one, too, because weren't we playing Arizona? And it was really, I, I really was, late. Yeah, I was asleep. I, I remember I texting a couple live. people and saying, oh my god, get up, you have to see this. Clint Robinson <laughs> is pitching. It was like it was like at twelve or twelve thirty because obviously we were in like a fifteen or sixteen inning game at that point, and it was it was either Arizona or somebody on the left coast. So my bedtime, I turned into a pumpkin. I was asleep. Um, I didn't even find out about it until the next day, and I was like, "What did I sleep through?" I think I was brushing my teeth, and yeah. they called his name, and I stuck my head out the bathroom door and went, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I have to say, like, and we can get into this in a later episode, like, which position player do you want to see pitch the most? Danny. Danny. (laughs) It's it's one of two positions he hasn't played. Yeah, no, we need that. It has to happen. It's the last square on my Danny Bingo other than catcher. Yeah. And Danny Bingo is one of those games that everybody should be playing, so if anyone's not, can make some Danny Bingo cards. The thing is, I feel like it's a pretty easy win for Bingo because there's only nine... Actually, if we're counting outfield as a position instead of each individual position in the outfield. He's only played 
two of the three outfield positions. Has he played center? No, he hasn't. He's played left and right. Okay. I was going to say, like, how do I put this? He's built more like a catcher than a center fielder. (laughs) (laughs) He's got a lot. He's got a very low center of gravity. And, you know, like, he's going to be good at staying down. Yeah. Yes. That's that's what I meant. What is it? Lower half thickness is the term that they like to use when they don't want to just admit that they're talking about butts. Yes. (laughs) You know, he's not built like, you know, Denard Spann. He's not built like Michael Taylor. He's not built like, you know, Malik Smith. He's built like a hockey player, a really short one. <laughs> How tall is Danny? He, I not can't look tall. it up because there's going to be a couple inches given, giving him the boost. But I swear to God, he's like 5'9 or 5'10. He's not very tall. When we met him yeah. last year, he is not super tall. Yeah, I could pull out the picture. He's theoretically 6'0. Yeah, but... Uh, <clears throat> that is the theoretically six foot nothing. Theoretically, yeah. yeah um, I, I think I would put him at five nine five ten. Yeah. The the woman okay. next to us who lo- who grabbed his hands and looked longingly into his eyes was definitely not six feet tall. <laughs> was she about the same size? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, she was. Um, <laughs> so I would put him at about five ten maximum. So he's he's six foot in cleats on a box. Yeah, the <laughs> box is the key part there. I think. Yeah. Um, Got a little yeah. scat inflation. We could do Danny bingo cards. Like I would love Danny Danny and Egg bingo cards but would be amazing. But it's like nine squares though. Okay. So it would have to be bin or go. <laughs> Maybe we could <laughs> We could just call it Nats, okay? <laughs> and the free space is it's short I don't, stop. Yeah. The free space plays is all the time. Yeah. yeah. Okay, uh, we'll have to think about that, but, you know, I feel like we should do that. Yes. Um, so, yeah, we haven't really solved the mystery of why we're hitting so well against lefties, I think, other than, than maybe sample size and some, some wizardry. Yeah. It's just, I mean, it's just, I'm, I, I, it's pretty extreme split, but it's probably just sample size, and it's, I mean, now is the time that I can start saying, like, I can start looking at stats and be like, okay, well, it's now we're in June, it's had two months to sort of level out a little bit. So I'll keep an eye on it. But yeah, I, when, when I heard this, I was just like, that's weird. We should definitely revisit that in another month or so yeah. and see if it's evened out at all or see if it's still the same. And if it's still the same at that point, definitely it'll yeah. be it'll be yeah. legit, not just small sample size. Yeah. I mean, I, I wouldn't have, like, brought this up in, you know, April because right. okay, that, everything, you can't talk about a statistic in April. People love to do it. But you just you well, can't. it's fun, but it doesn't yeah. mean anything. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't mean. But you can't. Yeah, you can't predict the rest of the season based on it. Um, like, isn't Trey Turner currently batting a thousand? Yes, he is currently yeah, batting a thousand. Small sample size. No, he's going to bat a thousand for the rest of the season. Don't you know Trey Turner's going to save the Nats? <laughs> I heard that somewhere. Yeah, people keep saying it. <sighs> Saint Trey. Yeah. Saint Trey. <laughs> I mean, uh, not, not to knock the kid. I'm not knocking the kid. I'm just like, this is not the salvation to our problems. Like, you mean he's not going to be able to be a lefty reliever or an extra outfielder? or He's not going to be able to just play everything and fix everything all at the same time? Nope. And he's not going to cure anybody's yips? <laughs> That's a different conversation. <laughs> um, a completely different conversation. Well, I, I do think there is definitely a conversation <laughs> to be had about... 
um, what sample size do you need to know that it's a, that's like is the Something, best predictive yeah. prediction of the season? And like, what if you had to pick twenty games that were gonna best predict the season? Which twenty games should you pick? Like, should it mm-hmm. be before the All Star break? Should it be right after? Um, and I was thinking about how to do that and came up with I'm gonna need to to learn how to do some R in order to really answer that question. Yeah. Um, I, I like that. I, I was listening to. I think it was effectively wild, and they're like, it's basically when Mike Trout is winning. <laughs> when he's on the top of the leaderboard, then your sample size, you know, your sample size is significant to predict the season. Because it's going to level out with Mike Trout on the top. Yeah. yeah. Um, which uh, is not exactly a good answer. Um, and they were joking, obviously. Um, but I think that that, that and uh, talking about what, what cures yips, and I'll give you a hint, is not what Blake Trinan says cures yips, um, <laughs> is, is going to be another, another topic of conversation. Yes, it's not Cray Turner either. Okay. Um, uh, go ahead. Well, and speaking of, I don't know, yips, is there battery yips? I is mean, just, there clearly is battery yips, I just don't know what we call it. Um, bips? No, that's a stat. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure they make up stats just by sticking their hand in a Scrabble bag. <laughs> there is one that literally they came up with the acronym first, and I can't remember it off the top of my head, but there's one that they came up with the acronym first and then filled it in, and it's apparently a really good stat. Like, it's a really good prediction. <laughs> But they made it up. They like they well, they made up the name for it first, and then figured out what the name stood for. Which stat? I can't remember it. Is it Babip? I thought it might have been Babip, but I think is it's that not. how you pronounce that? I always say Babip, but that's I don't know. People don't say these out loud, so you just right. kind of have to like go with what you're, what it sounds like to you. Yeah, I, I mean, mean I, I think I, the only one that gets regularly pronounced is Whip, which or War. In War, yeah, yeah that's an easy one though. That's words, <laughs> right? Um, but yeah, I would say speaking speaking of batting yips, um, the Washington Post had a lovely story yesterday about Columbia, Maryland native Steve Lombardozzi and his <laughs> fall into independent league baseball. Um, Maryland if, blue crabs, Southern Maryland blue crabs. Yes, in in Waldorf, I believe. Yeah, it's uh, really close. We should go see him. I was saying we should totally go to a Southern Maryland Blue Crab game for Columbia, Maryland native Steve Lombardozzi. Um, and I guess for people unfamiliar with Columbia, Maryland native Steve Lombardozzi, <laughs> uh, better known as Lombo to the, to the yeah. faithful, uh, because like Salta Lombardia, you have some problems fitting all of that on the back of a jersey. Mm-hmm. Um, he was a utility guy for the Nats for a while. Um, obviously, he was local. He was pretty popular with the fans. You know, he he did the the SB thing of playing every position, and he and SB were basically vying for the same job. Um, but after, I, I think he hit free agency. No, we yeah. traded him. We traded, traded him? him with Ian Kroll for Doug Fister. Right, and and I would say that was probably a good trade. Um, we all thought he might actually, you know, get some regular playing time. Yeah. We thought it was like, good for you, Steve Lombardozzi. Go be with a team that's not going to jerk you around a little well, bit. Well, and then Detroit immediately flipped him. To the Orioles. Yes. Yes. Who then traded him to the Pirates for cash considerations. After he had been up and down with them yeah. in their system a couple of times. Yeah. And yeah. then after that, he, I think, was on a minor league contract with the White Sox, but never, like, he got cut from camp. He never, never yeah. played. Um, and so he went and signed with uh, the with independent league baseball, uh, which I think is the the skill equivalent of like between double double and triple A. So it's sort of in there. Um, I got the impression that it was significantly lower than that, considering everybody was just like, "Damn, Steve, you should not be here." Um, 
Yeah, I mean, I think people are very impressed. Like, he's hitting 400, but at the same time, he's hitting 400, but not for power. Like, he's hitting singles and a lot of singles, but, you know, he has, like, something like eight doubles on the season. Like, he's not hitting uh, that... He's not hitting, like, so above everyone else on the team in terms of um, extra base hits that... uh, I I get that people don't want him to be there. I don't want him to be there. I want only good things for Columbia, Maryland native Steve Lombardozzi. But, you know, uh, I don't get the sense that that he's genuinely as outclassing everyone else as his... um, as his... uh, just his batting average would lead you to believe. Well... Uh, there is, I mean, there is a defense to be made. For, I mean, I'm not, I'm not disagreeing with your main point, mm-hmm. but there is a defense to be made for somebody who's just hitting a lot of singles. You, you win a batting title by hitting a lot of singles. You don't hit, win a batting title by, you know, hitting doubles and triples and, and taters. Like, you got to be able to get the ball in play on the ground and get on. You got to get on base. So, for that respect, 400 is yes. Is he batting 400 against people who like are basically playing softball? Sure. But um, it's not a small thing to just be hitting single, 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 singles. And I think he, I mean, that's pretty much what he was doing when he was with us. Um, you know, yeah. He was never a power guy. Yeah, I guess that's a good point. Like, I'm not going to look at Ishiro's uh, current batting average, which is really high at this point, and be like, it's just singles. Of course it's just singles. He's also 42. Yeah. Like, uh, Ichiro, if Ishiro want to stay in hit, stays hitting singles for the rest of his career, be it the next 20 years, I'd be cool with that. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess, yeah, you're right. That, like, he, if he's going to get hired, he's not going to get hired as a Bryce Harper, Mike Trout type. Obviously, yeah. he's going to get hired as a role player, and that's what he is. Yeah. But it would be nice for him to get hired somewhere where, I mean, the whole the whole thrust of it was basically, like, he, he, he's, he was doing this because he needed to be able to play regularly. And if without by playing regularly, he's kind of finding his ability to play again. Yes, um, it was very sweet that he is finding himself in Waldorf, Maryland, <laughs> for the blue crabs. Um, but I mean, maybe maybe it will be enough to have somebody take a look at him, and you know, even if he's just playing in the minors and getting, as long as he's actually playing regularly. I mean, this this is something we've been talking about all all podcasts, and probably we'll talk about lots. People who aren't getting play, regular playing time, who are being jerked around, up and down from the minors, are they a starter or are they a reliever? Are they a starter or are they a reliever? It affects them, and they don't play very well. Mm-hmm. So I hope that he gets somewhere where he can, even if it is just a triple-A club for the rest of his, his career, at least if he's going to be playing every single day. I mean, that's what we did. We, we just kept jerking him around from position to position and not letting him play regularly. It's the same thing we did to Tyler Moore, um, just not letting him play regularly, and this is what happens. So that's why he is now a blue crab. Yeah, and I'm hoping we fix that, you know, sort of going forward. I know Sundays they generally are playing the bench guys as starters, which which has worked okay. And obviously they're not going to do they're probably not going to do that as much against you know really competitive teams as opposed to like if it's a Sunday against the Braves, we might do that. If it's every day against the Braves, we might do that um, yeah. because the schedule for May, April, and May was insanity. Um, I think they had, like, two days off and, like, 36, something yeah, like that. Yeah, something, something really like bad. Um, but, and, yeah. got another, but now, and now they've got, like, two in very short order. Because so, they got an off day tomorrow, I think. Yeah, mm. not that important. Um, but I don't, yeah. yeah we so, have been better about it, though. Yeah, my hope is that the organization kind of went, hey, if we actually want to develop people that we're supposed to be developing, let's develop them, right? Um you know, and if we hire someone as a bench guy, be very clear that that's their role. Like, mm-hmm. 
I think Heisey and Drew and uh, and Clint are all pretty clear that what their role is. Yeah. Um, I'm also going to attribute a lot of that to Dusty Baker. I mean, he said, I'm going to rotate guys. And you know what he did? He rotated the guys. He's letting people mm-hmm. get days off. And that's what we heard for two years with Matt Williams. Like, I'm going to rotate guys. And then he just didn't ever do it. So... I, I'm, I'm crediting I'm crediting a lot of that for Dusty Baker, and one of the many reasons I'm very happy to have him here. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure the honeymoon period will wear off, but at the same time, like, we have a, a, a manager who seems to know how to manage a bullpen, obviously, because <laughs> he's been playing baseball since, you know, Jesus walked. Um, <laughs> and, you know, Anne seems to be managing the bench, which are the two historic real weaknesses of the Nets. Mm-hmm. Um, and once talked about spanking Bryce Harper... In public, into a microphone. Um, you know, I like it. Yeah, this is a roughly PG podcast. He said it on Masson. That's a family network. I'm just quoting. I'm not saying I'm talking about that. I'm saying Dusty Baker's Baker talking about that. that. All right. Yes. Um, so yeah, I think that that kind of wraps it up for talking about Lombo. But I feel like we need to go take a field trip to go see him. Definitely, um, definitely. You know, and and go go be embarrassing fangirls of of Columbia, Maryland native Steve Lombardozzi. I'll have to dust off my. Lo- oh, I don't have a Lombo shirt. One of the I, one of the few Nats T-shirts I do not have actually. Um, I'm do 99. they make them Do they fit it? They well, yeah. I think that was one of the ones you have to get custom done, but I have gotten many a t-shirt custom made for myself because I'm that person. I mean, I have one that says FP, so I'm in no place to judge. Yeah, No, I'm just like, why the hell is there not a Kurt Suzuki shirt on this website? And then I make it, because I need it. Wait, you have a Kurt Suzuki shirt? Yeah! Ah! I ordered it! I ordered it, and then they traded him like three days later, and then it arrived, and I opened the package, and I was crying. Aww. (laughs) Because I have a Kurt Suzuki. I, I miss him and his geo geo soothing ways, mm-hmm. like because they were a battery for a while. Yeah, for a really long time. Yeah. Um, first in Oakland and then here, and Geo's perfect comfort coat. Aww. Yeah. Hey, I'm glad that Kurt Suzuki's at least you know seems to be okay in Minnesota. Not that Minnesota's okay, but you yeah. know he, well, he was, he's playing. He he went to the All Star game last year because he was killing it, and then this year has been not so great. But that's also, you know, that's Minnesota. Hmm? I've been voting for him this year anyway. Aww. Oh, he's in the running for the All-Star game? Well, you can vote for anybody you want to. Okay. You can even write in anybody you want to. I mean, I could vote for Turner. Yeah, I don't know why anybody thinks that the write-in vote is going to make the slightest bit of difference. But, you know, it's nice to try. (laughs) I did that. Yeah, I did that one year when Anthony Rendon was, like, brand new. And so I kept Aww. writing him in, and I was like, it's a different tone. Because um, he yeah. just wasn't listed at the time. He, I, I want to say that they had a campaign, though, to write him in one year. No, that what you're thinking of, I think, is when he made the, like, um, short-term, like, he made the, like, the final five, when the, the main voting was done, and they're like, vote on these remaining five people for the last spot. Yeah, you're right. That's what yeah. it was. Desi yeah. did that. Desi did that, made that list like twice, I want to say, or at least one time. Mm. Um, oh, Desi. That's poor one out for Ian Desmond. Yes, we can all be sad about that. Mm. Yeah, I'm, isn't uh, Texas working out for him okay? It's actually he's working out. Well. He's hitting really, really well, and apparently playing the outfield well enough that, I, I mean, I, I was a while since I saw this. He was at one point playing center field. I, I'm not 
that surprised, though. I just, I mean, man's never played outfield probably since, like, you know, Little League. Um, and not only took to it, took to it very well. But yes, and, and now Josh Hamilton's out for the rest of the season. So, you know, my worry was that, because he was only there for while Josh Hamilton was getting better. And then he's not getting better. So uh, does he no longer, like, he, he's got the job for the season now, so. Um. So one, one former Nat who ended up in kind of a, a sad place like Waldorf and another former Nat who's doing, doing okay. Actually better than he was doing here. Yeah, more yeah. than okay, yeah. sort of sadly enough for those yeah. of us who would have stayed. But no, he's doing really well there. Yeah, I'm hoping, I'm, I, I want him to do really, really well because next year the free agent market for bats is Clem uh, Pickens. So if he puts a mark on this season, he could ask pretty much whatever he wants. Um, in free agency at the end of the year, so that's my goal for him. That so, like somebody's like, yes, Ian Desmond, we want you. We're gonna pay you a bucket of money to play for us for many years. So that's what I'm hoping. That's what he deserves. Yes, he, only nice things for former Nats yeah. and Nats, not Jonathan Papelbon, but everyone else. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So are we? Uh, I think we're we're pretty close to wrapping it up. Yeah. I mean, at this point, we would be doing our guest spot, but considering it's the inaugural, we don't know how to have a guest. So we didn't we didn't do any news if we wanted to do our quick news spots. Um, but that's I think actually gonna be longer than quick, so um, let's oh, just yeah, say congratulations to Ryan Zimmerman, brand new daddy. Yes. Ryan Zimmerman, who always looked like he should be a father and now I believe he is. is a father. Well he he's now a twice over father because he had yep. a kid a couple years ago too. Well he didn't have a kid. His wife had a kid. Let's be very clear. He um, helped. <laughs> Slightly. Yes. At the very beginning of the process. <laughs> <laughs> so congratulations to Heather Zimmerman there for doing go. actually all of the work. Yes. <laughs> and for Ryan as well. All right. This is, I, I can't see Ryan Zimmerman in that way ever, so we're going <laughs> to need to move on. <laughs> Whatever. He, he is obviously, you know, the inside the Beltway face of the franchise, and I just, I can't see him like that. Like... I'm sure we'll Dusty just... can talk about spanking him in public, and I'm just, I'll have to put my head in a bucket. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just stick to Ryan Zimmerman, Team Dad. Yes. Team Dad. I think we can all get behind that. Team and Dad now... and actual Dad. Yes. A little uh... glummy face. <laughs> Always looks so sad. <laughs> and, and then he walks out to, like, whatever hip-hop somebody picked for him, because I'm like... Ryan Zimmerman, do you listen to this music? <laughs> Was it? Maybe he's all like edgy and we just don't know. Maybe he goes home and he puts on his like Hot Topic shirts and like, you know, like spike bracelets and is like, yeah. No, Does it's that... always like really aggressive mainstream rap. And I'm like, Ryan Zimmerman, who let you listen to the radio? He's like the guy <laughs> driving a Prius and like the button down with no with like short sleeves and a and a clip-on tie who's like jamming out to rap in the car. It's he's the guy from Office Space, is what you Yes, mean. that's exactly what I'm saying. Yes. He's yeah. the guy from Office yeah, and I'm like, I like rap, Ryan Zimmerman. I don't think you've ever heard this. I think you told an intern to pick your music, and they thought this was funny. If I were that intern, I would do exactly that. I would think it was hilarious, so I really can't fault whoever's doing that. Yeah. Keep it up. We're all in Although favor. If they really wanted to be funny, there's even better choices that they could make. But That's true. They could give him Meganition. What now? Ben Revere's walk-up music, oh, Meganition oh, yes, remix. Sorry. I believe that he picked that himself. Oh, I'm sure he did. Yes. Yeah, no, Although Ryan... He's getting more 
because he's only got the one, and it just gets in, it like gets stuck in my head, and I'm like, I don't want this in my head anymore. So he needs to pick multiples. Ben and Vera. Well, Danny had the same one and yeah. only one for like like all a year of last year. Yeah, he does that periodically, and it's very annoying to me. But this is the fault that I have with Danny Espinosa, his walk-up music. Danny, don't do that. But no. <laughs> All right. So we want to wrap it up and uh, give yeah. a give a plug to um, Daniel Murphy's defensive indifference. Yes. Yes. So Jen Rubenstein on Twitter had a very brilliant idea last year during the postseason regarding Daniel Murphy and how to root for Daniel Murphy while not feeling that you're endorsing his homophobic values. His so, lifestyle choices that right, we don't or, agree with. Exactly. His defensive lifestyle choices, his other lifestyle choices that we that we don't want to endorse, but we still want to root for him to play good baseball now that he's a national. This was actually something that I was struggling with a lot myself, how to root for him and not feel like I was endorsing his values. And so I was thrilled when Jen Rubenstein started posting on Twitter about this this donation idea. So what she started doing last season was based on his stats every individual possible type of hit, walk, home run, stolen base was worth a certain amount of money and she has a spreadsheet that she's made public so people are welcome to track it as well and see how she's doing and then at the end of every month she's been making a donation to a DC area LGBT charity based on Daniel Murphy's offensive statistics and so the April donation was to Casa Ruby, which is an organization that helps transgender youth in the greater DC area. They're a really great organization. And then last month's, with his ridiculous, ridiculous batting average at the end of May, she donated $54 to the Team DC Sports Scholarship Fund, which helps LGBT high school athletes fund their college dreams. And so we're super in favor of this. She's on Twitter at Queer Fancy Stats if anybody's interested. Um, but we're going to be keeping an eye on how this is going, and, and several of us are matching. So we're pretty thrilled that this is happening because we none of us really agree with Daniel Murphy's lifestyle choices. And for me, definitely, it helps me a lot to be able to root for him to play good baseball and know that it's also doing good things for the DC LGBT community as well as doing good things for the Nats. So that's she's on Twitter at Queer Fancy Stats, if anyone wants to check that out for more information. Um, I guess so that's it for our podcast. Uh, we have our own social media that will, well, so there's Queer Fancy Stats on Twitter that you should check that out. And we have our own social media, which is Resting Pitch Face Podcast at, on Tumblr. And rest in pitch face on Twitter, so you should check those out as well. Um, we're gonna try to be doing this every two weeks, roughly, and so we'll see you back again in two weeks. I'm Kay for resting pitch face. Let's go, Nats. <laughs> I was gonna say everybody say goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> Let Let's go, Nats. Okay, let's go, Nats. Let's go, Nats. Please come back, Tyler. Not the same since you went away We really miss your eyewear